Join me today as we take a little boat ride off the coast of Ireland to the Aran Islands. Today's podcast is brought to you by A Celtic Experience, my guided tour of Ireland. Designed with my driver guide partner, Ireland Chauffeur Travel, A Celtic Experience visits some of Ireland's best known sites, including the Rock of Cashel, the Cliffs of Moher, and the Hill of Tara, while taking you off the tourist trail to some of my favorite places in Ireland. This eight night tour includes luxury transportation, four and five star accommodations, including two nights in a castle, daily breakfast, five group meals, and entrance to all listed attractions and tours. You can find more information by visiting store.irelandfamilyvacations.com and clicking on a Celtic experience or email me directly Jody at IrelandFamilyVacations.com, and I will answer any questions you have. Thanks so much, and now let's head to the Aran Islands. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again here on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Again, I am sitting in Ireland to do this podcast. I am at the Doolin Inn in the very charming and colorful village of Doolin, and I am sitting with Joan Hamilton, who is the marketing manager of Doolin to Aran Ferries. So if you've seen any of my itineraries or read anything about uh, the Cliffs of Moher, you have seen mention of Doolin to Aran Ferries on my site, because this is the company that I recommend that you use if you're going out to the Aran Islands or doing a Cliffs of Moher cruise. So Joan, thank you so much for taking the time to you're sit down welcome. with me. You're very welcome. It's very nice to officially meet you, Jody. <laughs> you know, after so much back and forth Absolutely, online, yeah. seeing people face to face is always, um, just kind of yeah, a bonus now, a name, right? a name to a face, as they exactly. say. Exactly. So, to Aaron Ferries is really just kind of your go-to in Doolin if you're wanting to get out um, and go to the Cliffs of Moher or go to the Aran Islands. Can you tell me a little bit about how the company really started? Sure. Yeah, it's an interesting story actually because it's a family business. Um, the Garrahy family, originally from Doolan, would have been associated with the sea and fishing basically all of their lives and their father before them, Jack Garrahy. He was a bit of a living legend in the area. Um, he would have originally developed the connection with the Aran Islanders, sourcing markets to sell their salmon and lobsters overseas and in Ireland, buying stuff for them in Ireland to send back to the islands with them and developed a connection with them there. Um, his eldest son, PJ, then would have been a fisherman for years and years below the Cliffs of Moher because it's very fertile water. So there was an abundance of salmon and crab and lobster. And again, this was it wasn't easy living now in fairness, but it was something that kept his family going for generate. Well, not for generations, but for years. And um, many of the brothers would have joined PJ and learned the skills on the sea. Um, so I, I have a feeling half of them have salt going through their veins <laughs> as opposed to, to blood sometimes. But um, while he was doing that over the years, PJ would have often commented that so many tourists are looking at it from the wrong angle. They're looking at the beautiful cliffs of Moher from the top 
as opposed to where he's seeing it every day while he's out fishing from below and the amazing scenery and how connected you are to the cliffs and the wildlife and the birds because you can see them kind of up close and personal. So from that idea, um, he asked a few brothers would they come on board with him and they started Cliffs of Moher Cruises and that was in around the year 2000. So they're going nearly 20 years now with the Cliffs of Moher Cruise. And then the, it, it kind of evolved over the years to include the Aran Islands. They, got, they had to get bigger boats and kind of learn their trade as they went to go from, as PJ said, from fishing for salmon, he was fishing for tourists, you know, so he had to kind of learn a different set of skills. And he said, it was definitely less smelly anyway, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so there was a lot of a learning curve there for them. But they, uh, they moved from just the Cliffs of Moher then to including the three Aran Islands. And that actually takes a lot of ingenuity, I think, for somebody to to move from the the small fishery to thinking forward and seeing what's coming ahead i mean doolin has become really a, i mean a very popular place even in the last gosh the first time i came here was 2002 i think so the last yeah. 16 years has seen doolin become so popular yeah a lot of changes and i know that you're running full boats below the cliffs yeah um, and and people are really discovering the Aran Islands now so to to have that foresight I think was really kind of incredible it was to be fair and and you know they were dealing with a, a new industry really because it wasn't established as as you know a popular ferry service there was an operator there already but they weren't doing Cliffs of Moher mm -hmm. cruises um, it's a it was a tidal harbour now what that means to anybody who doesn't live near the ocean and doesn't understand the, the challenges of that. It's extremely difficult to run a regular sailing schedule if the tide drops up as much as 16 feet. So you're trying to get a boat into a harbour that has very different levels depending on the time of day and the moon, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. um, so they dealt with that up until the year um, 2016 when the, um, the new pier was built. Mm -hmm. And before that, we just literally had to work around tides and use uh, um, what, what was called transshipment. So passengers would have to board a smaller boat because the big boats couldn't come into the pier and then go out to the big boat. So it was very challenging. But thankfully now with the new facilities, things have become much, much more efficient. And I believe we're actually a busier port for the Aran Islands now than Rosseville in terms of passenger oh, wow. numbers. Um, it makes a lot more sense because we are literally on the Wild Atlantic Way. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, you know, a lot of, pa of, of people coming through the area would be covered either from Kerry going to Galway or vice versa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, to, for them to be able to access the Aran Islands without having to go out to the far side of Connemara to go across mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense, you know. It does. That's very true. And it's, I mean, it's such a nice hopping off point. You kind of drive through the cute little village. Yeah, it's got a bit of charm to it, getting <laughs> it you does. down to the it pier. Does. It's, yeah. it's picture perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so the experiences of the sailings, you do the cliffs and then you go out to all three Aran all three. Islands. Yeah, there, there are three islands. So it's, again, I'm just trying to picture it for somebody who doesn't <laughs> come from the area and doesn't know what they're coming into. It is a tiny little village with tiny little roads, um, but it is spectacularly beautiful along the coastline. Once you get to Doolin Pier, um, you have to kind of absorb, you know, the fact that there are three islands. Now, they're 
quite close. Inishir is only um, now with our new Star of Doolan boat, it's only 15 minutes away by ferry. So it is very close. And when we started doing that, it was 35, 40 mm -hmm. minutes to mm -hmm. Inishir. Um, so people who aren't used to the sea, who aren't used to traveling on boats, it's much, much more doable because I always feel that people love the idea of getting to an island, but don't like the idea <laughs> of getting on a boat, maybe. Um, so it's, not, it's kind of a bit more kind of comforting to know mm -hmm. that it's not that long a distance. Inish, more, sorry, Inish ear is an Irish word. Inish is the word for island. Mm -hmm. And Inish ear is actually a translation from Earher, which is eastern. So it's the most eastern of the three islands. Inish Man is the middle island, and Man is literally middle. Mm -hmm. And then Inish Moor is the big island, so it's quite simple in terms of what they mean. <laughs> um, but Inish Moor would be about an hour and 20 minutes away from Doolan, so it is quite that bit further out. But that, that new ship is so yeah. fast. Yeah. Oh my goodness, because I know it took 40 to 45 minutes when we went to Inish Year. Really, yeah. And the first my time, youngest yeah. daughter hates boats. Okay. Hates boats. Yeah. She, she gets a, a bit queasy. Yeah. Um, Something to do with your middle ear, apparently, somebody told me. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, but I mean, your new star of Doolan, bigger. Yep, we love her to bits. Uh, <laughs> she's gorgeous. She was built in La Rochelle in France, specifically for the Wild Atlantic Way. So, you know, you are dealing with an ocean. You're mm -hmm. dealing with swells. As, as PJ is fond of saying, it's not a boat. It's not a bus I'm driving, it's a boat, you know, and you have to deal with the sea conditions. Mm -hmm. So this boat has electronic stabilizers. Oh. Um, so it does feel an awful lot smoother it's it's quite big it's twice as big as our previous boats she'll hold 200 passengers um, and it's just a much smoother experience so getting exciting yeah it is yeah <laughs> it is still very exciting We're so very excited. what can people expect when they're on the boats okay so when you get your ticket and, and most to be fair most of our passengers Jody book online before they get there mm -hmm. and you know there's lots of different options you can do you can leave at several different departure times from Doolan and you can leave at several different return times from the islands so you know kind of plan out your journey before you get there and I have to say your website is so nice and easy oh to thank navigate. you thank you very much yes you try and picture how you know when you're traveling yourself you kind of think you, what worked for me when I was traveling and try and absorb that so yeah I would advise you to book ahead particularly in the busy season because it is a very popular spot um, so just I suppose even before you get on the boat if I can advise people plan so that you're there about 30 minutes before the sailing leaves so that you get time to get through the little village with its lovely but windy roads. Um, and, and busy you, roads. Busy roads, exactly. And um, that you find parking and just absorb the atmosphere at the mm -hmm. pier because people are on their holidays and they're in good form. And you, you know, Irish people like to talk, so you might meet somebody who wants to tell you their life story. You met the, you met the best <laughs> people at the pier. I, you do. I, I met yeah. Catherine Webster at the pier, you believe do. it or not, yeah, when she, she loves was managing the cliffs. Yeah. Yep, and they'll just and some old fishermen just come along for the chat, and they just want to know where you're from oh, and your story. Yeah, yeah. So build in a bit of time for that, um, and then you board your vessel on a gangway. It's a very short gangway, mm -hmm. just so that if people are imagining kind of these massive big car ferries. <laughs> By the way, you cannot take your car. It's a foot passenger service only. Um, so you park your car up at the pier and you board the gangway which is only maybe a couple of feet long mm -hmm. um, and there'll be you know one of our crew waiting to greet you at the bottom of the pier if you've got buggies or if you've got older people with you who maybe need a bit of help to get on that's no problem there are steps on board okay to get down to the lower mm -hmm. decks but you don't have to take them you can stay up on the top deck our new star of doolan is wheelchair accessible and there is a wheelchair lift 
on okay. the on the boat, which is great. It's a fabulous facility to have um, for people who maybe just mm -hmm. that little bit need that little bit more help. Again, I was uh, given a, an eye opener on disabled passengers include moms with children and buggies. Mm -hmm. You have to think anybody who is not able-bodied, it's not necessarily somebody who can't walk very well, it's somebody who just hasn't got full use of their limbs for whatever reason. So you have to think outside the box on that. So yeah, and, and heaven knows those yeah. kids, those yeah. kids will... Yeah. yeah, you need to be an octopus, yeah. <laughs> and our, our crewmen are brilliant for, you know, humping and hauling and helping people oh, on board. Oh, they're so helpful. Yeah, they're, they're so great helpful. guys. So, and ladies now, we have lady crewmen, uh, crew people. Um, so, yeah, so you come on board, you can go downstairs, you can stay on the top deck, whichever you prefer. So, uh, you'll listen to a safety message and be told, oh yeah, sorry, something I should tell you is that we do have life jackets for every passenger. That's something we get asked all the time. Um, but there is no requirement to wear them because our vessels are ships. So, once you reach a certain size mm -hmm. vessel, you do not have to wear a life jacket because the vessel is that bit more stable and you know, higher from the sea level. Mm -hmm. So that's just a question to, to reassure people. So then you will, you will uh, travel over to the island. Um, on the way, you're going to pass out by a little tiny island called Crab Island, right in Doolan Harbour. And then you're, you're, you're approaching Inishir. The first thing you might notice when you get towards Inishir is the uh, shipwreck. The Plassey shipwreck comes into view and then you kind of go veering around to kind of to the right and come into the beautiful uh, beach area with the pier for Inishir. And also you can look back and see the cliffs of Moher in the distance. You do see them in the distance because you're going in a different direction, but you can choose to come back and go under the cliffs as well as go to the Iron Islands in the same day if you wish for a much closer view. So that is an option on your cruise. And then you just dis, uh, disembark on the island and you'll be reminded of your, your return time. You'll be coming back to the same pier. With, whether it's Inishir, Inishman or Inishmore, you, you arrive and depart from the same pier. And then once you get there, you've options to pick up, whether it's a pony and trap, uh, you can walk, you can hire some bicycles uh, to go and see the various sites on each of the islands. So, so let's talk about the, the Cliffs of Moher cruise just for a minute, because that's something I think that when people think of visiting the Cliffs of Moher, unless mm -hmm. they're aware that you can actually get out on a boat, it's not even something that yeah. comes to their mind. So how close do you get to the bottom of the cliffs and what can people kind of expect to see? Okay, so this is really cool because it's completely different to, you can go to the top absolutely because it is stunning. It's just a different view. And you can also take a lovely walk along the edge of the cliffs. And uh, one of our neighbors, Pat Sweeney, was very instrumental in putting the cliff coastal walk together with other farmers and it's well worth the trip. Uh, we do a 360 with him actually where you can do all three views together so that's something you can look up on um, but the cliffs of moher cruise is one hour long so what's nice about that is it's a very doable piece of um, an activity to fit in anybody's day and we go out several times a day at least three usually in the high season there could be up to six going out uh, throughout the day starting at 10 maybe but in, you know, we can guarantee every single day during our season, we'll go out at 12, 3 and 5.15 every day for a one hour cruise. So the cliffs are, uh, they are south of Doolan. So you depart out from Doolan Pier and you travel south for about 20 minutes to the highest point, 
which is around uh, this, this large sea stack, which people often refer to, it looks like something out of the Arizona desert. It's just this massive big sea stack, it's called on Vranon Moor. Right below um, the highest point of the cliffs, where O'Brien's Tower is and the visitor centre is. So you, you, it takes about 20 minutes to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're travelling along the coastline to there, the coastline changes in shape and structure because we, um, around Doolan, you're at the southern tip of the Burren limestone plateau. And then the rocks change when you come down to the cliffs. So it's more um, the sandstone, siltstone and shale, which is not easy to say if you have a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> they are the, the rock formations that form the cliffs. The cliffs are eight kilometres long and they do change in shape and structure as you pass them. Um, and you pass by the beautiful Dunagore Castle as well, which is this iconic tower house castle uh, above Doolan. So when you get closer to um, the actual Avranon uh, Moor, you start to see the ridging, the famous ridging and the stacks themselves that form the cliffs. Um, when we get to the sea stack, the boat will slow down and you asked how close you can get. This is very important because it's something that we get asked a lot. Um, we get as close as is legally possible without disturbing the protected bird sanctuary. And also for safety reasons, because if you get too far under the cliffs, you know, you're talking about different swell conditions and you might not be able to get other rescue boats in and different things like that. So there's lots of reasons why, but we get very close. You get absolutely close enough to see everything you <laughs> will want to see, um, including the puffins everybody's favorite little bird um, yeah we love the puffins and it's such everybody turns into a seven-year-old child when oh my god I saw yeah. my son they're I so cute I still have not seen a puffin in Ireland Can you oh my that? god All my trips, I always miss the puffins no 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 we'd have it to bring it breaks my heart yeah yeah they, because yes puffins they're they're like they're magical penguins of the north they really are so <laughs> cute and uh, we always get such a great buzz out of uh, a newbie seeing them for the first time <laughs> and the crewmen make it their mission get over here quick quick you missed one there's another there's because they are so fast and they're quite small they're about the height of a uh, you know a carton of milk mm -hmm. they're about that high and they only weigh about the same as a can of coke they're small little things but they fast and they've their beautiful beaks mm -hmm. And they get those beaks get brighter when they're mating because they're trying to attract their mate. So there's a little nugget of information for a pub quiz for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they breed from um, March to about the middle of uh, June, July. They're gone by July, really. Um, quite tough love. They have one little puffling. As soon as they can fly, they're abandoned. Off with you. Get out into the world yourself um, and find your own food. Um, so yeah, but they're a huge attraction and that's a big part of the trip. So when they get to the sea stack, um, the boat will slow down and kind of, you know, re re turn around there a good mm -hmm. few times to allow people to see the, bir the, the bird uh, life and also the, the beautiful rock structures. And the, the new kid on the block, if you like, is the Harry Potter Sea Cave. Um, this is another little kind of interesting story. Our first uh, big vessel that we bought was called the Jack B after Jack Garrahy and Biddy Garrahy. And uh, when Warner Brothers were researching where to shoot for the, the sea cave, they hired the Jack B and the skipper to bring them around various locations. And they chose, uh, they chose the, um, the Cliffs of Moher for the sea cave. Um, and uh, we weren't allowed to tell anybody, you know, so this is, <laughs> this is kind of, you know, we were in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, but we were kind of behind the scenes, but we were in it, you know. Um, so yeah, so you can see the Harry Potter sea cave. That's a big attraction for people as well. So 20 minutes to the sea stack, 
20 minutes around that area and then 20 minutes back into doodle. Perfect. And as you mentioned, during the season, you do want to pre-book. Yes. Can you tell me, so now people may not realize that there are things in Ireland that have to close by necessity mm -hmm. during the winter and your sailings are one of them. You really just don't want to be taking people out on, I mean, some of the swells I saw yesterday, I don't want to be on a boat mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. So can you tell me kind of when you start running, when you stop running and when your busiest times are? Sure. So officially we would sail from March to October. Now it's, it's kind of fluid on the start date and I'll tell you why, because you rightly said the sea conditions just are not suitable. We could sail all year round. We, some of our boats have a 12, year, a 12 month license, uh, but we just don't for, you know, it's a very intense season, number one. So it's a seven month season, seven days a week. And you know, your, your core crew are working solidly, you know, with a few days off here and there uh, during that time. Everyone needs a bit of a break, to right. be honest, in the <laughs> winter time. And we're very, very nice to people. It gets hard to be very, very nice to people <laughs> when you're very tired. And so you need to recharge the batteries in the winter. Also, the boats need to be taken out of the water and essential maintenance done to them so that they're ready for the heavy season coming again. And really, yeah, the sea conditions just are not suitable. So we will usually start in or around St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. typically, you know, between the 11th and 12th of March. And we will run until the 31st of October, unless this the kind of winter storms come in a bit earlier and then we might have mm -hmm. to cut back a little bit. So we always say we'll sail seven days a week, weather permitting. Right. Um, now to explain weather permitting, it could be bucketing down with rain and the sea could be like flat as a pancake and we will be sailing. There is no problem with that sailing conditions mm -hmm. because we have covered vessels. Mm -hmm. And you will often see, by the way, the cliffs of Moher much, much clearer from the boats than you will from the top if the mist comes in because the, right. the, the fog will cling to the top of the cliffs and you're still like mystically planet-like looking up under the cliffs on mm -hmm. your boat, mm -hmm. which is quite beautiful. Um, so the sea conditions are not necessarily dictated by rain. It is swell direction of the wind will be a key one as well so if there's any doubt we always say just give us a call uh, there's absolutely no problem with pre-bookings if you have booked to go tuesday and the weather is not suitable you can go wednesday you can go thursday no problem at all um, and you can get your money back if it doesn't suit you so you know which is just another reason to spend a few days in Doolin as opposed exactly. to passing through exactly so, in the show notes is going to be a link to my article of how many reasons do you need to spend a few days in the Burren because there's plenty to do here. So just a little, you know, yeah. check the show notes for that one. Traveling is sweeter when connected. Stay in touch during your Ireland vacation with Wi-Fi candy. Personal Wi-Fi devices with easy pickup at Dublin Airport or delivery to your first accommodation and postage paid envelope included for easy return. Visit wificandy.ie and use code IFV, that's IFV for Ireland Family Vacations at checkout to save 10% and stay connected in Ireland with Wi-Fi Candy. Now, if you're not completely sure about this cruise yet, um, Joan has, has very graciously decided to share her three places with an Aran Islands theme. So we always wrap up the, the podcast with three places that should be on your itinerary. And we're going to focus on each Aran Island for these three places because the Aran Islands, even though they're 
you know, they're, they're a little group of islands, they're right there together, they're each really individual. Yeah, they absolutely are. I mean, they're spectacularly beautiful, uh, number one. They are so oh, deeply embedded in the Irish culture and they're so proud of their heritage. It's just tangible when you get off the boat and you go out there. You really do feel like you're on the edge of the Western world. And they're so keen to tell you about it. They're passionate about it. It's, it's fabulous, as well as being a beautiful place to visit. Um, and so I often say when people say to me, what's your favorite Ireland island? It's almost like asking you as a mother, what's your favorite child? Because they have their own unique personalities. Obviously, they're all very similar in landscape. They have these amazing stone walls. It's the first thing you'll probably notice because back in the day when you know, the pilgrims were going to the islands to visit these hermit monks and the, new, the, the Stone Age um, Irish people were going to, to live on these islands, they literally had to break up the rock with their hands to make walls and then make the soil out of sand and seaweed. Mm -hmm. So they had to put the walls somewhere. Which is amazing, yeah. I mean, to think about making the soil. Yeah. Just blows me away. It's amazing, and the potatoes that come out of that soil. <laughs> That's a little <laughs> hidden tip for you, buy Iron Island potatoes. But um, it's just the walls go on for a mile, a thousand miles actually, I read somewhere, oh, a thousand wow. miles of stone walls between the three islands. So that's the first thing you're going to notice. And then they have these ancient forts, which are beautiful and everything else. So three tips then. So if I pick um, Inishmore, everybody's heard of Dunangus and maybe the wormhole from the Red Bull. But a little gem that's definitely worth visiting is Gabriel O'Flaherty's Aran Island Goats Cheese Farm. So he's a bit of a, he's, he's a character in himself, but he will bring you around the farm and he'll show you the goats and he'll show you how they make the cheese, which is absolutely delicious. So I'd advise including that in your itinerary as well. And he has a fabulous website and you can book a tour with them and, and, and all the rest on that. Um, there's beautiful shops, I, I suppose, Igor, going specifically for an iron sweater. Sorry, I have to just give this one little tip <laughs> as well. I keep digressing. The iron sweaters are obviously synonymous with the islands, mm -hmm. okay? But so you don't get disappointed. They are small little islands. They don't have massive department stores, okay? So we get a lot of particularly um, visitors from the US who want to buy a genuine iron sweater on the island, okay? Maybe you might be slightly larger or slightly smaller than the typical range of sweaters that are available in the actual shop. So go online. It is the same knitwear, okay? But don't kind of be honed in. We, we, I, you just hate to disappoint people. They are genuinely made in the Iron Islands, but they mightn't have them on the shop that particular day, just to kind of bear that and in mind. And their website is great. I it's amazing. I buy so much stuff off the yeah. website. It's not even fun. It really is. Yeah, it's fantastic. So sorry. So that's Inish Moore. Inish Man then is, Inish Man is, is the middle island, kind of like the middle child, you know. Um, <laughs> the least visited of the three, but spectacularly beautiful, almost desolately beautiful, if that's the word I'm mm -hmm. looking for. Um, fantastic place for walking, for taking in the flora and fauna, and just the, the I suppose that the culture is really, really strong uh, on that island. So one of the, um, the main features there is the Inish Man Knitting Factory, and they also have a factory shop. So uh, they developed this amazing uh, knitwear on Inishman uh, knitwear that's now, you know, it's sought after in the high fashion houses around the world, in Milan and New York, and um, amazing place to visit. So if, if you have that kind of an interest in, in uh, you know, knitwear, etc., I would definitely recommend that. And then Inish Ear. So um, just again for Inish Ear, it's the closest to Doolan. If people are a little bit, you know, concerned about traveling on the sea, 
this might be the best option for them. It's the closest island of the three of them to any part of the mainland, whether it's Galway or, or Clare. So it's a short journey over. Uh, you've got lots of options in terms of how long or short you can stay on the island from 10 o'clock in the morning until a quarter to five if you wish. Or you can go out at one o'clock and come home late. You can go out at 10 and come home early. Because it's so close, it's flexible. Um, it's a gorgeous little island. It's, it's, it's so tiny, you're not going to get lost on it. And there's plenty to see and do and some fabulous places to visit. Um, Steph and Joyce runs this fantastic uh, tour guide service called the Wanderly Wagon, which you would nearly have to see to believe. You can get the pony and traps, but you can get a tractor with a trailer for 16 people that would bring you around the island. And yeah, you should look it up on, on Facebook. And, and Stefan is a great tour guide he is yeah and um, his, his, yeah. his family Tina and, and Anya are great as well his wife so yeah he does and he works with the lady called Una McDonough who has a has an um it's a cultural experience so it's it's really cool because they have the story of how people lived on these you know basically had to hone out a living and so you can you can see the corrucks you can see the clothes the men had to wear there were oil-based trousers because they're out fighting these massive atlantic waves in little tiny boats um, and the ladies had the big what they call the skirt the jarrog which is the red skirts and they all had to get a black shawl if they got married so that they were off the market and visibly so you know this so it gives you all these little insights into the culture of the islands which is lovely as well and that is on Inishir with Una. So there would be the three tips I'd give you for the islands. And then one final tip is that you can actually visit an Aran Island and do a Cliffs of Moore flyby, if you will, on the way back. But you that can. only happens, what, a couple times a day? Is that right? Yeah, it's, um, so you can, you can do what we call the combination trip. Uh, initially, it was just in this year. Now you can do it from every island. But again, just to bear in mind, in this year is closer. Mm -hmm. So the other ones are a little bit longer mm -hmm. to do. But you can definitely do them in the same day. So you can go at 10 and come back from in this year at a quarter to 2 and be back in Doolan for 3 o'clock. And that way you'll have seen an island and taken the cliffs. At a quarter to 3, you can do it from Inish Man at 4.15 or Inishmore at 4 o'clock. It's 4, 4 p.m. So there are the three times you can do that. Excellent. And, and I, I have to say, this is who I use when I head out to the Aran Islands and who I recommend. So if seeing the Cliffs of Moher or heading out to the Aran Islands is on your Ireland itinerary, do be sure to hop on to Doolin to Aran. It's Doolin, the number two, Aran.com. Ferries.com. Oh, Doolin <laughs> to Aran, Ferries.com. And uh, pre-book that ticket so you, you don't get uh, disappointed during the high season. Joan, thank you so much. This is such a great... You're very so welcome. Much, so much great information. Very welcome. Sure, I could talk all day, as Irish people <laughs> could say. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of the Traveling in Ireland podcast, please do leave a five-star review at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help people find this information. As always, you can reach me at Jody at IrelandFamilyVacations.com with any questions you do have. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, Slangafol.